It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Radio coming to you from the beautiful, palatial, Tasty Cake Studios. I'm James Seltzer. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the editor-in-chief at BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. BLG, what's up, brother? James, I'm looking at the schedule here, and I think the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, are going to go 19-0. and Well, obviously. Uh, yeah. Uh, a good question was asked on the Midday Show this week. <laughs> What will be the most important game this season? And the clear answer, February 3rd, Super Bowl 52. Also with us this week, a member of BGN Radio. He Every Tuesday, you can hear him on this station. It's trade day yes. for WIP, Mr. Trey Thomas. What's All up, right. too? How you doing, brother? Man, I am fantastic. Enjoying the weather. Yeah, it's gorgeous out. Yes. But thank you. This had is a beautiful yeah. thing. I had we're, a chance to go out and just tear up some golf courses, man. You. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. Had a good time. Must have been nice. Yeah. BLG yeah. and I are, you know, working, you know, yeah. pumping out content. You're all, you know, yeah. golfing. Play a little golf. Well, it's content. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. All right. We have so much to get today. Obviously, BLG just mentioned it. The schedule release. We will dive in. Uh, maybe go win-loss, but we will certainly break down the schedule, the interesting games, how it kind of shapes out from a season-long perspective. Also, of course, we are less than a week away from the draft, which is kind of hard to believe because it feels like there's so little buzz for this draft this year, but we will dive in, look at what they could do with the 30-second pick, some of the needs, all that stuff. But first and foremost, let's start with the Super Bowl winning MVP, Mr. Nick Foles, getting taken care of. BLG, what happened this week? Yeah, it's kind of weird. So the Eagles revised Nick Foles' contract on Friday afternoon, which is kind of a a funny time to announce that kind of thing, you know, kind of like Friday afternoon news dump. Usually that's when you kind of put the bad news out there yeah. so it doesn't get so involved in the news cycle. But they they redid his contract. Uh, a bunch of details came out on it today from uh, Mike Garofalo and Ian Rappaport. It's interesting because he gets this bonus, so he's getting, it's kind of like, thank you, Nick, for helping us win the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and I get that. But there's also this kind of weird thing to me, this 2019 mutual option. Now, apparently how that works is the um, the Eagles can pick it up. It's $20 million, so they're obviously not going to do that. And even if the Eagles did pick it up, or maybe if another team somehow 
gets him and trades for Nick Foles, he could pay $2 million of that back to kind of enter free agency. So he can almost buy his way into free agency if he wants to. So it's weird because you're looking at this new contract. There's a lot of incentives. There's a, So he was at, scheduled to be at $7 million. This thing can take it up to $23 million now. So it's like there's $16 million of incentives added to this thing. It's kind of like, all right, I get that you're rewarding him and you're you're planning out in case that he does have to play, but it's almost like, why would the Eagles do that? Like someone, clearly Foles camp is pushing for these kind of things to be in there, but why are the Eagles necessarily fully agreeing to that? And not just because he won the Super Bowl. Like, yes, there's that side, but it's a business too. You can't, it's not all just like, Nick Foles, you can do whatever you want. I don't, you know, it's it's not that simple to me. Yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting contract. I think, and look, you take care of the guy who won you the Super Bowl. You've been waiting the entirety of this franchise's history to win a Super Bowl. Nick Foles was the guy who got it done. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm okay with with looking after a guy who got it done, especially when, you know, if he were a free agent this offseason, we all know he could have gone out and found a job. I think the fact that he had to be traded for was what kept him from even, you know, A.J. McCarron got signed. Uh, you know, as much as even the the, the hardest of Foles haters can't say that A.J. McCarron's a better quarterback than Nick Foles. So, Trey, what, what's your interpretation? As a former player, you know, is this the type of thing, do you think this is just simply as simple as, hey, this guy won us a Super Bowl, we're going to take care of him, or is there more to this? Well, you know, what? one of the things that I can say about what Howie Roseman and them I have doing over there is it's a much more player-friendly environment over there. And I think Roseman and, them, and the guys and Doug and all of them included are trying to take care of their players as best as possible and just try to create keep a positive energy going on around there. I mean, Nick Foles did come in and do – a hell of a job for the Eagles, man. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you just rewarding him for doing that. I commend him for that. And, I, and I, like I said, this it, this is a totally different environment from when Joe Banner was there and was <laughs> running the shop, you know. So I think Howie and him are just doing a really good job of just taking care of the guys and just making sure that everybody comes in positive and ready to work. Yeah, I think it's a great point, especially we're here and look, right? You know, the Eagles maybe ending the Patriots dynasty. We're hearing all this stuff coming out of New England. All of a sudden, after 16, 17 years of never having a leak about anything, Danny Amendola, oh, it's tough to play there, man. It's no fun. You know, Gronkowski, I didn't have fun playing. It's all coming out now. These players talking about how, how Lane not. Johnson. Lane and it, Lane exactly, Johnson. Lane it. It. And, yeah. and right, and that's, the, that's where I'm going, right? Because this Eagles team won the Super Bowl, showed that you don't have to do it that way. You can have a blast on the way to winning a Super Bowl. And I think that that is a, a image I think that they're happy with. And I think that this is a, another example of saying, hey, if you come here, not only do you have the chance to be a winner, but you're going to be happy. We're going to take care of you here. This is a, a fun, good place to, to do what you do. Trey, does that matter to players? Absolutely. I think that you're uh, around the league, anybody that was a free agent that had the opportunity to come here would – would knock over just to get, come in and play here. Just because of the energy that's around here, how Doug allows players just to be what they are. You know, there's not a mic. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like they're micromanaging the guys. You're allowing them to kind of how Big Red was, just like, hey, man, be whatever you need to be to go out there and play on the field. Have as much fun as you want to, but now there still are rules. You know, and I'm I'm going to expect you guys to come in and do what you're supposed to do, but I want you to enjoy yourselves and enjoy being here. And, you know, and I think that's what they're doing a really good job of. BLG, you mentioned before the, the how the contract is set up is a little interesting. You know, yeah. obviously a lot of playing time incentives, 
What do you read into that? Is that is that simply, you know, hey, taking care just in case? Or does that make you think maybe they think wins might not be ready to start the season? How do you kind of interpret the the incentives, the playing time, all this stuff in this contract that makes it such an interesting deal? I think it's really his side pushing for that because I think they want to be prepared, meaning Nick Foles, like not only him, but his agent and his camp, all his family, all of that. Because if he does get traded, you know, and then that, and he's starting, he's not on this like seven million dollar deal, which would be a crazy bargain in today's NFL. It's a really good point. Uh, so I think they kind of want to have that protection. Or if there is a situation where Carson gets hurt or he isn't ready, all indications are that he is. I personally think he is going to be. There's nothing that indicates he won't be. You know, so like in terms of information we have heard, concrete. So. It's weird to me. Like, that's kind of honestly where I'm at with this. Like, I don't know if we know, like, the full intentions yet. I definitely think the team, there is, like, this culture aspect, like, you're mm-hmm. talking about, Trey. And I, and I think the team wants that there, though. I, I, yeah. I think that's, yeah. they want, they, they yeah, want that to per- be the top yeah. thing. Yeah. But I think there could be, like, other little, like, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, offshoots, ulterior almost. motives kind okay. of thing. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's some kind of like things behind the scenes. I don't know if we're getting the full picture yet. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and I think to your point there, when you look at the, and look, they've done this before. I mean, Chris Long, more money. I mean, they've tried to take care of guys with Newski. They gave him that extra bonus that he right. missed by a snap or whatever it was. They're trying to take care of guys. And I think that's commendable. I think that's what something that, that, you know, will make it more, uh, it, it, interesting or, or exciting for players to come here. But would you say BLG with what you're talking about there, d- does this contract uh, kind of on the flip side, does it make it easier to trade Foles if they wanted to or, or harder? How does that kind of, I know it's, it's better for Foles if they did, right. but what about for the Eagles? It's a really good question because in theory, I guess it would make him a little bit more tradable because the problem with trading him now is that if you're a team and you have to give up these picks, well, he could be a free agent and just leave after this season. So you don't have that security. But the problem is now, I was talking about there's that mutual option. So it's for $20 million. If they trade them to a team, I was I would assume that team would be willing to pick that $20 million option up. But let's like the fact that Nick Foles is even the possibility that he could give them $2 million and be a free agent. Like he could buy just that mm-hmm. it might not be likely. It might not even happen, but just that it exists. Like doesn't that give you some kind of pause if you're a team? Yeah, and you're it like, takes your this leverage guy, away. Like we we probably think he won't, but even if there's that one percent chance, what do you give? You gotta you gotta wait. It's that. a nightmare because yeah, because yeah, then if he opts out, then you don't have a quarterback. Like that's a really big deal. So I don't know. Like I I think it I think it does, but like the fact that he could just opt out kind of makes me think. Well, that doesn't really give a team security. Sure. And ultimately, if they do have a deal, you know, they could talk to Nick and see if he'd sign a, a different deal or, or restructure or whatever. Yeah. But uh, to your point before about Wentz, and here's what I want to ask you, Trey, because mm-hmm. uh, look, everything we've seen and specifically from Carson Wentz, the team hasn't given us much, but Carson Wentz puts out that video of him throwing, you know, with the with the knee brace on recently today. I would think it was he tweets out missing that feeling or whatever. And it's a picture of him yeah. running out the tunnel. Trey, the way I interpret this is, I mean, and again, none of us know where Carson Wentz is in his rehab. None of us mm-hmm. really know. The team knows. Carson Wentz knows. Ultimately, Carson Wentz knows as well as anybody. He's the guy who's actually going through it. Mm-hmm. If you're Carson Wentz, you're a player or whatever, does it signal to you that he's putting that stuff out because he thinks he's going to be ready? I guess so. You know, in, 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 in today's world where everybody's just tweeting out everything and pushing everything <laughs> out there, I mean, you know, I guess so, you know, because you can tell that he really wants to be out there and that energy is definitely there. He's letting everybody know that he's pushing himself to get back to where he needs to be. Um, 
But it, I, I personally don't feel like why why would you put that out there? I, you yeah. know, and and I get it. You know, it's just one of those things you want to have that connection with the fans and and do that. You know, have that type of thing because you you still want to feel that love. But you know, I don't know, man. I just hope that he comes back right now. The throwing when I watched him throw with the knee brace on, I know that everybody, oh, that's really awesome. It just kind of made me nervous a little bit, you know. <laughs> Where I'm just seeing because that's the leg that you're going to be rotating on. That's the knee that's going to be exposed all the time. And the left side is a little bit questionable when you're looking at with JP coming back, what's going to happen with Steph. Even if Warmack, if something happens to Steph and Warmack has to step in, yeah. you know, there are a lot of questions there. So, you know, I'm glad that he's getting back. And, and of course, he misses that feeling because, I mean, you know, you want to go back, get back into the, the being able to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. <laughs> well, I like the word. You said that really We're not going to get into that. But um, Trey, my question for you, talking uh, about like what we're kind of on now, it's almost like we're maybe like dancing a little bit around like is Carson Wentz posting this because the message is like it's his team. And look. We all know it's his team. It's not yeah. Nick Foles' team. And even I think Nick Foles would admit that. It's Carson's team. He has. Yes, yeah. he would. But so my question for you, Trey, is that anything like thinking back to when Donovan was here? Like, mm-hmm. is that something that you would even just being from being around him? Is it like that something that you think he ever tried to do or had that in his mind? Just because like you had Jeff Garcia, mm-hmm. you know, come in, step in, play for a time or even like Vic, like just different times. There were times, yeah, in his career where he wasn't. Like, he got hurt yeah. or he was yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, like, is that something that even exists? Uh, you know what? Back then, I, I, would Five do something like that if social media was the way it was yeah. back when we played? I'm pretty sure he <laughs> yeah, would. See, you know? there you go. <laughs> yeah, he'd be agree. like, hey, I'm getting yeah. right. You know, yeah. I can't wait to get back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can see. Yeah. I mean, I think any player. Just kind of remind everyone. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. remind. Even when Jason Peters is showing videos of himself working out yeah. and everything, Sproles training yeah. and doing everything, that's just where the era is now where everybody wants everybody to see what we're doing. Mm. Look, I'm trying to get back right, you know, and then it's just – social media era yeah well and also like let's be real i mean this is a sport of alpha dogs you know you're the quarterback of a team you're an alpha dog you are the leader of leaders you have you are a leader of men as as blg knows i like that phrase (laughs) but and and we've seen that from Wentz. i mean that's clearly the type of guy he is he goes to war with his guys every sunday i mean that's how he goes about his business so you watch someone else go out and, and take your crew, your guys, and win a Super Bowl with them. Like, if you're an, an alpha dog, if you're someone who's competitive, I mean, mm-hmm. if that didn't light a fire under you, if yeah. that didn't make you want to grab your squad and say, this is my team and I'm going to win with it, yeah. I, I think there might be something wrong with you. So I I, I don't have a problem with it all, but I, BLG, I think you're hitting on it. I, I think that whether, like... When he posted that first video, real quick, to give the context, that was the same day that Howard Eskin said the Eagles were going to play the Vikings in week one, which wasn't right. But, the, you know, point being, like, the same day the reports of the season opener are coming out. Oh, by the way, like, two hours later, Carson Wentz is posting a picture of himself throwing. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. exactly. Right. And the schedule release and these stuff coming out. I, 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 I absolutely believe that. There's no question about it. And and look, you know, what, who was it the other day with the question about are you jealous of Nick Foles? And he was, he was pretty honest saying, like, that, you know, he tries not to he be, to fight but it, he said. yeah, he's yeah. to fight it, you know, like, of course. So yeah. I, I'm with you hundred percent. I think that Wentz is saying, Hey, this is my squad. I'm going to be back. I'm going to lead these guys. And, and look, I think we're all good with that here. It's just a really interesting dynamic. 888-729-9494. If you want to weigh in on Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, but speaking of those two guys, I mean, those two guys really playing right into what we're talking about here is mm-hmm. the schedule release comes out. We're going to find out. Which of those two guys is out there in week one, speaking of which? So 
Let's jump into the schedule. And again, 888-729-9494. Feel free to weigh in on the Nick Foles, the Carson Wentz situation. We'll be talking about that as well. But the schedule is released. Trey, I'll start with you. What was your first impression of this schedule on a macro level? I just felt like, you know what, I wish, really wish that we would have been able to play. I, I, first of all, I like the schedule. I think that, you know, this, this schedule is good. I think that uh, – you know, are we going by my prediction right now? No, we'll get. Okay, there. we're gonna get into we'll that. Well, you know, I, I just would have liked to see. Nineteen and zero, we'll get to nineteen and zero. I would have liked to see Minnesota, September six. Yeah, me too. You know, me too. Just because, and especially when the report was out there, and it it, it felt right, right? Like yeah. that, that felt yeah. like yeah, bring them here. Yeah. Let's coronate ourselves again with the banner coming yeah. down, thirty-eight to seven. Yeah. All these crybabies from Minnesota coming to town. I, 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 I'm with you. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with the Falcons. I should think the Eagles take the banner down before the Vikings game <laughs> and then re-raise it. Because why not? I mean, honestly, yeah. I'd be again. fine if they like rose it before every game. Yeah. I think that'd be fine. Yeah. But especially the, that rest game. Of, the rest yeah. of time, yeah. every yeah. time the Eagles take the field, the pre-game banner raise. Yeah. 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 Yeah, G, what were your thoughts about the schedule? Uh, looking at it overall, I think it's kind of, uh, you don't, there's not too many like these back to back road trips, kind of like we saw it's interesting, even, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with uh, like Seattle. Three game trip, yep. Yeah, last year. Was it Seattle, um, Los Angeles, and then the Giants? Yeah, their mm-hmm. toughest one, their only one that's back to back on the road is uh, Dallas, at Dallas, and then at the Rams, which, you know, that could in be December. a tough stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, late in the season could be. And that's tough their only back to back home games prior to that as well, which is yeah. really interesting. The Giants, the Giants Washington at home, Washington. then Dallas, Los Angeles on so the road. That second half that we're looking there, you're looking at Dallas at New Orleans, New York, Washington at Dallas, at Los Angeles versus Houston at Washington. Like that post by stretch there, that could be a tough little stretch. I, I mean, yeah. I think it's not like, oh my God, it's impossible, but it's going to be a good test for this team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're looking at the schedule, the way we were just talking about, you know, assuming when Carson will not only be back, but assumably be, you know, back to being, you know, not rusty, all that type of stuff. Great point. You feel good about having all the division games in the Soft second half of the schedule. Early. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's important. And obviously there's some tough games. Atlanta's not an easy game. Uh. You know, I, uh, the Jacksonville's in London is going to be tough. I mean, they own London. They are the London Jags. Blake Bortles plays immeasurably better when it's it's like all of a sudden he becomes a different quarterback when he goes over there. It's it's fascinating. What's going to be interesting to me about that? And I know with the time changes and everything, being able, just in your mind having to get up and play at nine thirty in the morning, you know yeah. that's going to be because that's where your body's at. Yeah, You're absolutely I mean, right. you know that's going to be a little awkward. Waking up, I don't know well, how you're going to handle that. I think that's why the Jaguars have been so good. I, like, we joke about the London Jaguars yeah. and all that, but they, they go over a year. Yeah, they've yeah. experienced. Yeah. They've experienced. They know how to handle those trips. I think I think that's crucial. 888-729-94 and 94. Let's head out to the phones. Start the show off on the phones in Allentown with Nick. Nick, you're on WIP. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. What's on your mind today, brother? Hey, I was just uh, reading something, and I, I see where – I think it's MSN or somebody from the, uh, from the internet has the Giants winning the uh, the, the East and the, then the Eagles not going to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, thank I you for the thought, joke, Nick. That really made no, my day. No, no, actually, actually on the computer this morning. Oh my I, goodness! I think I, it was. I, I saw that Maurice done. Jones Drew had the Eagles at eight and eight, so I think there's a chance that yeah. might have been what you saw. No, it's nine and seven. But wow, it's still pretty bad. And it's outrageous. It has the Giants winning the division, and it actually here's the best part of the of the article, which I thought you guys would really like. It has the Chargers and the Panthers in the playoff, and the uh, in the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl? And, the Pan- and the Panthers winning it. Wow. 
So the Chargers are going to be beating the. Uh, it's going the out on a ledge because, right uh, there, huh? Yeah, I was I was kind of stunned, and, and they basically made fun of Kelsey in it and said that you know the Eagles are going to have a hangover, you know, literally like Kelsey. So I thought it was kind of interesting that the national media is already starting, but I thought it was I thought it was comical. The the Foles the the Foles signing is interesting with a twenty million dollar option. Um, What'd you and make a two of million, it? Two million dollar buyout. I don't. It's interesting that they put themselves in that role, but it, I mean, I think they understand each other, and I think I think Foles has a, a good enough relationship with the group that um, it doesn't seem like it's something he would do um, unless he had to or needed to. And if he has to, you know, good for him. But uh, you know, he's going to be. I think he's going to be playing. I hope he's going to be playing in the first couple of games because I think Carson needs to to make sure that he's right. Nick, great call. And and I'm uh, look uh, to the point of when Carson Wentz is ready, I'm fine with. He's ready. You know, I, I trust him. I trust doctors, all that type of stuff. But I am okay, especially if Nick Foles is here. I am okay with them waiting till they are 100% sure that Wentz is fully ready to go. All right, coming up next, I'm going to ask Trey Thomas and Brandon Lee Gowton, other than Super Bowl 53 and the playoffs, we'll say regular season, what is the most important game on this Eagles schedule? Plus your phone calls, 888 9494, it's Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, BGN Radio, just off and running on Saturday. We'll be right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime. You don't want to talk over it because we are this, you know? This is us that it's talking about. This is us. Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. You are correct, Moshe. We are the champions. Philadelphia Eagles. Super Bowl champions. Speaking of which, as a result... We have the 32nd pick in the draft, which is pretty cool down there in Dallas. Shove it in their faces. And if you don't have anything to do for the draft, you got to come hang out with me and BLG. Uh, John Barcher. We got Trey Thomas, BGN Radio, live from Chickie and Pete's Thursday night in South Philly, right by the stadiums over there. Draft night, April 26th. We got a show starting at 730. We'll take you through the first round, lead you up to the 32nd pick. Uh, it's going to be a blast. You know, we're going to go out, have some fun. And you said, James, that if you don't have anything going on, no, that's not true. If you have something going yeah, on, cancel it. Cancel, cancel it. it. Come Great to point. this. Great yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. nothing's going to be better, obviously. So do that. Uh, I guess if you're going to Dallas, no, cancel the trip. Yeah. Come to just, see us. Just come see us. Forget instead. it. Just eat the price of the plane tickets, all that. Chicken and pizza Thursday night. Plus, plus, on Saturday, we're going to be down at Delaware Park. In the Delaware Park Grove, the white tent there. Uh, Glenn and Ray will be there in the morning. Trey will be with us. Uh, we're going to be uh, rounds four through six, taking you through that part of the draft and chronicling all that and all that. So come join us and hang out. We'll get into the draft in just a little bit, what we think the Eagles will do at number 32. But I want to get back into this schedule as uh, we, we kind of just mentioned it on macro level heading in to the break. And when you look through the schedule and the way it shakes out, the first thing, like BLG mentioned, and I'm going to get to your guys' most important game on the schedule, obviously, other than the playoffs and the eventual Super Bowl win. Uh, but when you look at the schedule and the way it shakes out, BLG, a few things that stood out. I think you mentioned heading into the break the concept that they only have 
two home and away games back-to-back all season. It's that stretch into uh, end of November, into December, where they have back-to-back home games against the Giants in Washington, and then on the road against Dallas and L.A., and then otherwise it is home away, home away, home away. I can't remember a schedule ever shaking out like that. I believe uh, if you go to bleedinggreennation.com, you can check out not only the schedule release, but there's some cool notes there as well. One of them I saw... I believe the strength of schedule BLG was 19th hardest, according to last year's. Yeah, middle of the road. Middle of the road. So that's nice to see. And obviously, you can't take too much away from that team's change and all that. But I think the biggest takeaway when you look at it, at least for me, is that it's not as bad as I expected it. Uh, you know, you, you're Super Bowl champions. You expect to get the toughest schedule in football. This doesn't look, and obviously, it's dependent upon the divisions you're playing and all that. But. This doesn't look like the toughest schedule in football to me. And I think that there's a real chance that the Eagles can come in and, and really take advantage of a, of a less hard Super Bowl champion schedule than, you know, others in the past. Uh, so it, let, let's start out real quick, just the opener, and then we'll get into the most important games on the schedule. But the opener, Atlanta coming into town, I, I've heard many people say the Eagles are raising the banners th- that night. There is no way they lose. It is the most lock game of the season. I'm also old enough to remember the opening of the link and that game against Tampa Bay. I'm sure. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah. And there is no chance we can lose this game after yeah. losing the year before. And then they lost the game. So I, I personally, I, I'm just bringing that up to kind of even it out. But but throwing I, daggers. Atlanta, Atlanta coming in, Trey, that first game, Atlanta, a little bit of revenge factor going on. Are you at all worried about that first game, or is this something where it, the emotion, the energy in that building, it, they're going to be able to, to harness that and just ride it? Well, I think that is an extremely important game, you know, because now you're raising the banner. You want to start your season off on the right foot. I mean, you know, you're going up against a defensive front that's kind of, you know, because I, I, I just going over the over the season, just looking at where everybody was ranking last year, getting after the quarterback. Now it just depends on, you know. Just I'm just gonna start with this. If it's Foles that's starting this game, I think that that's a good game to you know to, to really get the energy behind it. Let's get um you know let's go out there and get this win. Let's start the energy off the right way. BLG, I think uh I, well first of all John Barchard is taking the Eagles to lose in that game. What? So he's one of those. Thank who, God he what? didn't show up today, right? I mean <laughs> God, that, that? would have been disappointing. Because he he was into the theory of how well I mean need some good, down, good examples good. of last year. You know the Patriots lost a home in their opener, and the year before that uh, I can't remember who was playing, but they lost as well. I think so. You see these kind of openers that well, way, and, and the opening of the link I think is it's not raising the yeah. banners, but it's a comparable type of situation at least. But I think bit. you have these guys. It's not just Carson, although that's a big part of it. You have Carson, you have Jason Peters, you mm. have Jordan Hicks. I think you have these guys that are hungry. I think they want to go out and they're like, we didn't get to play in that Super I love Bowl. That. We are starting the season on the right note. Yeah. That crowd is going to be amped like never before. The, yeah. the most amped crowd it's, in it's Philadelphia gonna be, sports it's history. It's going to be great. I think they win this game for sure. I, f- yeah. I feel the same way. Bartram, and Steve I'm sorry. Sarkeesian is still the Falcons yes, offensive coordinator, yes. so I feel okay. I feel, mm. I feel good about And obviously, look, we are a long way away from, uh, what is it, September 6th. We got a hike to get there, but... Just just based on the, the matchup, the emotion, all that type of stuff. I'm with you, BLG, Trey. I, I find a, find it hard to believe the Eagles are going to lay an egg in that type of situation. Mm-hmm. Coming up in just a second, I'm going to ask you both, what is the most important game on this schedule? But first, 888-729-9494. Let's head out to the phones and talk to Mike in Sewell, who wants to tell us his thought on what the most important game is. Mike, what's on your mind today, brother? Hey, hey guys. The most important game, brother, is December 16th against the Rams. Four reasons. Let me break it down for you. Break it down. Number one, it's it's the it's the travel. It's been 
Friday games, okay? Challenging. Number two, it's a rematch, okay, at their house. Number three, uh, it's Carson's comeback uh, uh, in, in the game. To where he, he tore the ACL. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, where he tore the ACL. And last and not least, um, look, the Rams really did a heck of a job in free agency this yeah. year. So a uh, significantly improved team. I think it's going to be uh, it, it's going to be our defense's best, biggest challenge. Um, I think we match up well, given what we did with the defense in free agency. Uh, but I think that's the game right there. That's a tough game. We're, we're near the end of the season. Um, if they go back-to-back beating Dallas and then the Rams – Brother, it's all good. <laughs> Mike, I feel the same way. What's your real quick? What's your thoughts on the schedule as a whole? Uh, you know, kind of for a Super Bowl champion, how did it hit you? I was surprised too. I, I look, I looked at the schedule, and I'm not saying you know, there's no easy games, right? Uh, but especially the division games, they're always tough. But it doesn't look like it's like you said. It, it doesn't look like a Super Bowl winning team's schedule the following year. Um, I don't see anything in there. That, that scares me. Mike. You know, I, but like you guys, I would have rather had the Vikings opening day. Yeah. yeah. It just, I think it just would have yeah. added a little more to right. juice. Mike, great call, great. man. Keep calling, Mike. Great call, informative call. And, and look, I think uh, I think a lot of people look at this schedule. And again, we all know February 3rd, Super Bowl 53, the most important game on the schedule. But of the games where we know who the opponent will be. Very true. Uh, you look at this schedule, that Atlanta game certainly does jump off the paper. The rematch, the Sean McVay versus Peterson thing, the mm-hmm. Carson Wentz going back to the place where he tore his ACL. And of course, as Mike pointed out, the Rams gearing up the most of any other team in the NFC. Obviously, Kirk Caviar goes to, uh, uh, I'll say Kirk Cousins for people who don't know. But Kurt Caviar goes to Minnesota, that you know, gearing up a little too. But I think you certainly look at the moves made this offseason and say that the Rams did the most or attempted to do the most to improve themselves. Trey, do you agree? Is that Rams game the most important on the schedule? You circling another one? Uh, I think it's going to be a, 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 a challenge. You know, that is going to be one of those games where, you know, you're going to. Rams did really stack their team this mm-hmm. year. I mean, brought in a lot of offensive weapons. Um, but hopefully by then we'll be rolling. And you just never know how the season is going to play out by the time that you get to, what, week 15, week 16 or whatever sure. that is. So, you know. Yeah, if we had said that before last year, we wouldn't know that Nick Foles would have been playing in that game because it exactly. would have been week 15. So, yeah, yeah. of course. You know, I think that, but but when I did look at the schedule, I was like, man, the Rams, that's you know, that's that just up. one of those, yeah. All right, one more, one more follow-up in BLG. We're going to get your most important game, but... But in that game, as a former player and and someone who knows players of torn ACLs have gone through injuries yourself and all that, Carson went stepping back into that building mm-hmm. for the first time since tearing the ACL, tearing the LCL, that whole thing since you know walking off with the head on his towel. What are what are those emotions like? Is that something where it's just like every other game, or is that something where you're like, I can't forget what happened the last time I'm here, and how do you reconcile that? I mean, every every play is different, you know, because I remember um, on my birthday one year we played um, played in New York, and I came off on a goal line drive, and I ended up hurting my back. had to have back surgery, herniated one of my discs. So, you know, and then you just come back and you just play the next, next year. It's not something that you really think about or, or hold back. You just – I guess as a player, you just program – just to go out there and just go do your job and not think about it because you can't, you know, sit up there and harp on it. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a great point. It's 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 a fascinating kind of mm-hmm. look. I, I, you know, it's hard to to think, especially a, a stadium you don't play in a lot. You mm-hmm. know, it's interesting to see how we will feel coming into that. BLG, when you look at the schedule, 
what jumps off the, the page to you? Well, Mike stole my thunder there. Yeah. It's gonna, I, mean, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of just like the correct answer, honestly. Yeah, I think you, so, I think too. Little, to me, to bring up a different angle into it, I think, you know, you're Doug Peterson. At least if mm-hmm. I was Doug Peterson, I'd be like, this is the guy who wins coach of the year <laughs> yeah. last year. Here's the, the thing. first round playoff that, exit I think guy. That BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton, might have been more mad about that than Doug Peterson was. It, it grinded so. your gears. Because it's pathetic. This is because here's why. The reason why there is a big hype machine around Sean McVay, in part, I think, at least in terms of a national thing, was because the NFL, I say it over and over, the NFL wants football to succeed in L.A. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a hype machine going there with that. Look at all the awards they won at the awards show last year. And I think kind of Sean McVay, but deeper into that, like some people on Twitter and you see it, they're like, oh my God, this guy is like a genius. Revolutionary. And it's like Doug Peterson is doing this too. Well, Doug or, Peterson's doing, a revolutionary and, with the and aggressiveness. He's doing even better yeah, and totally. no one's talking about him. So it's just kind of like this fake hype machine thing. And look, I don't think Sean McVay is a bad coach. I just think. Nor to blame. The, he is yeah. not the man who is creating the hype machine. The, well, and exactly. also the went hun- on Howard Eskin's podcast and said Doug Peterson should have won coach of the yeah, year. No, I, uh. Uh, well then, yeah, I totally, it's not personal, but right. I, the hype machine, I'm a little tired of it. Um, obviously him being involved in that makes me a little tired of him just by, by default there. But I think Doug really wants to be like, Hey, I should have been coach of the year. I feel that too, man. You know, now one of the things too, now when we talk about the most important games of the year, I'm thinking that also, if we're looking at, if Wentz doesn't start out with that first game and we're saying, okay, which games do you want to see him come back in? I would rather it be that Tampa Bay and Indianapolis looking at a defensive front right now, two two teams that finished number 30, 31 in the league and 32nd in the league, okay. you know, where now that's a kind of a team that you can kind of ease them back in. Yeah. You know, of course they added Curry down there in Tampa. J.P. Pate. Yeah, you know. It, but, Bo but, Allen. Yeah, but the still <laughs> is the same, you know, there are some, some differences, but – this is a team that you can kind of get him back right, especially if you have an offensive line that you're trying to make sure that they're firmed up. Because after that, now you're going to have Tennessee, you have Carolina that finished third, Jacksonville that finished second. I mean, you have the Rams that finished fourth, and then you play Pittsburgh that's in the preseason that was number one. So I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for them this year with some defensive fronts that put up some numbers getting after the quarterback. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. As uh, as these guys weigh in the Rams game, the most important. I think, like BLG said, it's hard to argue against that. What do you think is the most important game? And and maybe other than the Rams game, what game on the schedule sticks out to you? Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four plus. I'm gonna tell you not only how we could talk about this games, these games, but how you can go to them. That's coming up next. It's BLG. It's Trey Thomas. BGN Radio. We're coming right back. Talking Philly sports with Delco. Awesome. Sports Radio 94 WIP. You have the opportunity to go to road games this season. Sports Radio Road Game Takeover with fans of Philly. Help us take over the stadium in another city again, because that's all we do in Philadelphia is take over stadiums. This time we all do it together. How about that? Sports Radio 94 WIP is teaming up with fans of Philly for the road trips to three Philadelphia football games this upcoming season. And you can come along as uh, Philadelphia versus Tennessee, Philadelphia versus Tampa. Of course, the Tennessee game, uh, Sunday, September 30th, uh, round trip, nonstop flights leaving on the 28th of September to Nashville and getting back on October 1st, Monday, 
three-night hotel accommodations, uh, four-star hotel accommodations, not messing around, uh, a private party with the fans of Philly on Saturday night, three-hour all-inclusive catered tailgate party, a ticket to the game, and uh, BGN radio involved as well. A lot of awesome, awesome stuff. So uh, go to 94WIP.com. You can check out all this stuff. Again, it's the Sports Radio 94.1 WIP1 Road game takeover with the fans of Philly. So that is going to be awesome. We'll talk more about that coming up as well. All right. What what is the toughest game on this schedule in your mind when you see it right away? What's the most important game on this schedule? Let's head out on the phones and talk to my buddy Darren. Yo, D. What's up, Seltzer? How you doing, man? All right. What's happening? I'm annoyed. I'm legit annoyed. I I I actually have to I'm on my way to pay my bet be back because I thought I won it. I swore up and down. My cousin goes, oh, yeah, uh, we, uh, you guys are going to L.A. LA again to play the Rams. I said, nah, give me my money now. So why in the blue heck it's a great are question. we in L.A. twice? It's a great, BLG, I mean, any thoughts on this? Why? why? I, I, don't, I don't know the question. I wasn't paying attention. What? Once my name uh, wasn't said, sorry. <laughs> Darren, you slighted <laughs> yeah. Brandon here. I'm sorry, Brandon. It's I right. heard Trey and Seltzer when I called it. It's all right, Darren. It's all right, man. <laughs> How you doing, Brandon? How you doing? I'm doing good. Sir? I'm doing good, man. So, what, what, PLG, why are they going to L.A. twice? Darren has a great point. Why, yeah. Back-to-back years. Uh, oh, because it's the it's how the formula works. It's where you, uh, you know, obviously you play a certain division this year. It's the NFC South. You're playing all those teams. Uh, you're Can playing... I interrupt you, though, sir? Yeah, what's up? I get the, I get we play every other. I get you play one division, but you're supposed to do one there and one here. Hence why when we play Denver, we went to Denver and then uh, B-Dog came back. No, he didn't come back. But then Denver came here and I had to listen to my moronic fan, our friend who's a Broncos fan, trying to, oh, you should go to the game. I'm like, I'm not going to the game mm-hmm. with you as a Broncos fan. No way in God's hot sun. Well, I, don't it, I know, I know, Darren, I know it's different with the AFC because you play that. So, it's you know, each year rotates. So this year yeah. it's the AFC South. Then next year will be whatever, the North, the West. And it goes around and then that rotates. I know every four years it's home away but i don't know if it's the same with the uh nfc opponents yeah i don't think it's just as simple as that like on and off yeah i know well i know look you've got the the nfc south you've got the afc south and then it's a first place schedule that's why they have minnesota on the schedule that's why they have los angeles on the schedule you're playing those other first place teams there so my guess is minnesota well you know you're minnesota at home i think that's what works right there so you play obviously you play the same place Right, uh, that's division. what I'm saying. Yeah, and then like, so I'm guessing one of those is home and one of those a, is away. Yeah, and yeah. one of the and D, I'm guessing and great call. I'm guessing it's that one of those home, one of those away, and just yeah. the way it worked right. out mm-hmm. was and and that's fine. You know, I think if you had to choose, like, you don't want to go all the way to LA, but having Minnesota here in our stadium again is just awesome. Though it would yeah. be fun to go back to the place we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that would cool be awesome. Too. Yeah, that that would be cool. All right, let's head out to Edmonton and talk to my buddy Tom. Tom. What's up, brother? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? What's on your mind today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Mr. Trey Thomas. Yes, sir. Partner. All right. You know, WIP always hires the, the Eagles that, that played the game the right way, and I appreciate that, man, between Ike and Richie and you. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, hey Brandon. <laughs> Tom, come on, man. I think that was purposeful. I Tom's quite the verbal was, needler. So. Yes, the verbal needler. I, I borrowed that from Chris. It was it Chris from Chris from Ben Salem. So, yeah, for those who don't know, Chris from Ben Salem calls up the midday show, and every time he calls up, be like, hey, John. Joe. It's, it's, <laughs> hilarious. it's hilarious every time. Yeah, so, all right, so as far as the schedule, I mean, 
in my eyes, there's always year in and year out two games I have my eye on. I think we all know those two games, right? Dow sucks. Absolutely. Uh, but what I'm most curious to see is I want to see this Vikings team because I want to see if, if we can pound them into the ground or if they're actually going to give us a fight or maybe beat us, uh, especially with Dalvin Cook coming back. Because in my eyes, they pretty much have the same quarterback. You're saying that in your mind, uh, Cousins uh, is basically Case Keenum. Cousins, Keenum, Keenum, Cousins. Wow. Of last year, at least, right? Yeah, Keenum played well last year for what it's worth. I think Cousins is probably a better quarterback. But, I mean, it's fair. Keenum had a great year last year. How much better will Kirk Cousins play than Keenum did last year? Right, and they'll have that Cook back, too. So I'm Yeah, just not a lot of people have talked that... about that, I feel like. I feel like the Dalvin Cook return has not really gotten the pub that it should. Well, that's the one I got my eye on, and you fellas have a fantastic day. Thanks, Tommy. Right, you too. You're the best. Appreciate the call, brother. Uh, what do you? I mean, I agree with him. I think that Minnesota game, another one of those big ones on the schedule here. Yeah, it'll be tough. I mean, that's going to be a tough team. Make no mistake about it, despite their quarterback. And despite um, their soft city that they come from. Yeah, oh, very much so. You have John Filippo there, though. I think yep. that's going to be interesting wrinkle to see how he – I think he's an upgrade, certainly, over oh Pat Shermer. Yeah. Easy to say when you only score seven points in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, New York Giants head coach, Pat I, I think that defense will probably be a little tougher than giving up 38 points as well. So Potentially. I, I think Potentially. it's going to be a tough matchup for them, for sure. I do like the Eagles better, though, because I just – I look, I know people say it's cliche or whatever quarterback wins – Kirk Cousins, his record in big games is not good. I always say, bad. when do you point to a moment in his career where he has won this big game? So until he starts to do that, I don't just, I'm not going to just automatically assume he's doing it. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point. I think we need to see it happen, especially in a new situation, all that type of stuff. Squeeze one more call in here before the break because I see my buddy Ike is on the line. Ike in Southwest. What's up, brother? My man, Clue. How you doing, Ike? Uh, man, what's up? What's up, Trey? What's up, Brandon? Not much, Ike? man. Everything's good. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. Nice day today, finally. Yes. But, yeah, um, you know that the game, I think, on the low, I think it's New Orleans. I okay. was waiting for yeah. someone to say that. Because New Orleans was a dumb, dumb play from being here it's true. for the yeah. NFC Championship. And they loaded offensively or whatever. And I think their defense, they're probably going to keep continuing to put their defense together a little bit more. And they got a star cornerback. So I think that, that we haven't played them like we did Minnesota and the Rams last year. So I think that's why they might be flying under the radar with the fans. Yeah, and, and you think about Alvin Kamara too. I mean, like that's going to be a big weapon uh, to, oh, yeah. to, to defend against. I think that's a really – I think if I uh, look at the schedule, Ike, and I think uh-huh. about like the toughest game, I think that that almost to me reminds me of like the Seattle game last year. When you're looking at the schedule and you're going to be like, man, that's a tough one. Well, especially – yeah, exactly. Like that's what I was about to say is, you know, we always talk about Seattle being such a tough place to play. Superdome is a really hard place to play. They're really good in that building. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees is great in that building. Those fans are great. Ike, I think that's a great call, man. You no, know, they like to put that voodoo on you down there. They do. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for them down there, man. And then you're looking at a defense now from last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, they finished seventh in the league in sacks, you know, with 42. last. Year. I mean, of course, next year everything is going to change a little bit. They had, they've finished – 15th in passing defense and 16th with the rush defense. So, you know, this is going to be a front that's going to give you some problems, man. Especially, I know they're going to have some upgrades next year, and you just never know how it's going to play out. But, again, just going off of what they did last year, it's going to be a challenge. Yo, I just wanted to, I wanted to get y'all thoughts, and I know y'all might talk about this in a minute or two. I just want to hear who y'all think they they might go after or who they should go after. Even, well, probably like the, the – 
the positions because it's 32. So yeah, you can, no, it's, it's tough. It's hard to kind of get that, though. Ike, so. Great question, and we will. We are going to talk some draft coming up in just a little bit. Thank you for making the call. Draft coming up in this little bit. Tim from West Hampton coming up in a second. But also, we're going to deviate a little bit because there's a pretty big game coming up at 2.30. Sixers heat game four at 2.30. We'll talk a little Sixers coming up as well. So if you want to talk some Sixers, hop on the line, 888-729-9494. We'll do a little preview. And, of course, Eagles on the table. Continue to talk Eagles until we're out of here at 3 o'clock. It's Trey Thomas. It's Brandon Lee Gout and James Seltzer. We're coming right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right, we're going to continue with the Eagles talk. Schedule release. We're going to get some draft stuff up in just a little bit, but coming up in 29 minutes, game three, or excuse me, game four. Sixers heat, so we'll get some Sixers talk going if you want to weigh in, 888-729-9494. I'm, I'm just excited for Brandon Lee Gout. I'm excited. get the opportunity to talk Sixers. I don't think people realize how big a Sixers fan you are, BLG. Pretty big. Well, see, here's the thing. I cover the Eagles, so, like, you know, that's my everyday life. I don't have to write about the Sixers, so I can just enjoy and watch, and it feels great. And even then, sometimes you write about them for fun. For fun. Not as much anymore, but I, you know, I need to start doing that again. But I will say that maybe we shouldn't talk about the Sixers because I think the series is already over. Oh! The series is over. I Joel agree. Embiid yeah. is back. You saw it the other night. It took him a little time you yeah. know, to get into yeah. the flow of the game. Offensively, defensively, he was a monster right yeah. away. From the jump. From yeah. the jump. Six points in the paint when Joel Embiid was on the floor for the Heat. Joel Embiid. Six points the whole game. He's so good that like he can come in and play pretty bad offensively. It doesn't matter. He can come in mm-hmm. and give you nothing if he didn't. Doesn't even, like, and he wouldn't. Doesn't like, even matter. The thing is, he'll still get to the line 15 times like he did 10 well, times, whatever. He'll turn it on. And that's what he did in the fourth quarter of that game. He was like, all right, he this is enough. We're taking the game over. And it's crazy to think because that was a tight game for most of the game. And all of a sudden, you look at the final score and they're up by like 20. And it's yep. like, mm-hmm. what happened? Well, Joel Embiid happened. Yeah, yeah. No, he, I mean, he is such a game changer on the defensive end. And obviously, offensively, he's terrific too. But he could be a zero offensively and yep. still be a hell of a player just on how great he changes the game from a defensive perspective. Not only all the shots that he blocks and, 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 uh, you know, diverts or whatever you want to say, but Alters, all, the, yeah. all the shots that don't get taken. There are so many times that shots don't get taken in the paint because of, of how great he is. Trey, what have your thoughts been on the Sixers run so far? Oh, man, just, you know, just watching Ben Simmons just <laughs> attack, you know, and then I, I like how Joel just gets under his opponent's skin. Yeah, I love it. And he just, he tells you. Counting the fouls. Telling them don't foul out, you know. <laughs> I mean, I just like how he gets under everybody's skin yeah. and lets them know that, look, I'm going to beat you and there's nothing you can do about it. And oh. he goes out there and he, and he backs up everything that he says. I think he's just a phenomenal athlete and I just enjoy watching this this team well and that's the thing is not only is he a phenomenal athlete and he's you know seven two and and athletic and and coordinated and all that type of stuff he's the most competitive guy in the league it's it's insane i mean when he's out on the court he is a psychopath out there i mean the the justice winslow where where winslow blocked him and came back the other way and he makes that block (laughs) he's like in his face i thought he was gonna get teed up like mid play (laughs) that's what i was was like all right joel chill 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 chill, chill, he he didn't get called for a foul for elbowing winslow after winslow blocked him and knocking winslow to the ground (laughs) yeah Yeah, like literally knocking him to the ground Uh. i um uh, it's it's so impressive, and, and that's 
that's our producer Moshe chiming in. Moshe's the man. Yeah. Uh, I um I I've been so impressed with and, and I, Bill Simmons had an interesting tweet. Oh and, boy, um, listen, good guy. Listen first. I'm a Bill Simmons fan. <laughs> I have no problem saying. Oh, everyone hates Bill Simmons. He's a Boston though, guy. That's yeah, why. That's fine. Whatever. I like mm. Bill Simmons. But he had a tweet. He said the 2018 Sixers are like the 86 Rockets or the 95 Magic. When it's time, it's time. Talent mm. trumps everything. Mm. If they stay healthy, they should go to the finals. Yeah. How do you feel about that, BLG? Well, for, well, how do I feel about him saying it? He's totally just setting that up so then when the Celtics play He's him, not, though. And then, yes, he is. And if the Celtics he win, is, he'll be man. like, wow, the Celtics been, beat this really great very, Sixers he's team. He's been very honest. I mean, he knows the Sixers. I know the Celtics are not going anywhere. Like, anyway. I mean, they don't have Kyrie. They don't have Hayward. They're done. Yeah, Let's but that's real. the thing. Then if he win, he'll be like, wow, we did this with all this. Like, come on. I know how he works. He, he can be like that. But in terms of what his point is, I agree. Think about that's one of the things tying this back to the Eagles is that you don't know. You don't always just know. And you say that you always say that you or you always have said that the Eagles will win the Super Bowl the year we least expect it. Yeah, I always said it. <laughs> and and it happened. But that's true. You don't always know. And basketball is more predictable than football mm-hmm. for sure. But when you think about it, I mean, if you saw the Sixers team and they're they're going on this 17-game win streak into the playoffs, and then they only lose one game, and it was kind of like a fluky game where, like, the Heat are making every shot. With Sixers no Embiid again. Every shot, there's no Embiid. Like, why not? Why can't this team? Who's scaring you in the East right now? The, the Cavs could get bounced in the first round. By the Pacers. I know. So I, I think this is kind of wide open. I think if I look at two teams in the NBA that legitimately scare me, it would be the Rockets and the mm-hmm. Warriors. And honestly, yeah. guess what? How did the Sixers do against those teams in the regular season? Now, it's just the regular season's different. I it's, get yeah, it. Yeah, especially with the Warriors who, but, who kind of But still, I mean, they, they hung with them. Long. It wasn't like totally. they just got totally outclassed. And and then I guess you could say the Raptors too. But, man, I think this Sixers team, I I can't. That's why it would be so frustrating to me if somehow the Sixers were like got down in this series and Embiid wasn't playing and people were going to be like, oh, well, you can't play him because – you know, you could be like risking yeah, long term. No, like I get that, but at the same time, you have a window now. Like, take advantage of it. Don't just be like, "Oh, we'll be back next year," because you don't know if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially, look, this is the first time we've had a healthy Embiid playing all these games, playing all exactly. these minutes, all that type of stuff. Yeah. And and I do think though, you make a really interesting point because you're right in the sense that the NBA is very different yeah. from really all the other sports. In that, you know, baseball, hockey, football, like the best team doesn't always win. In basketball, most of the time, most yeah. well, more often than not, the best team wins. What's interesting about this Sixers team is they are potentially the best team in terms of talent. <laughs> Maybe not better than the Warriors or the Rockets, they're but in terms there. of the East, they're the best team in terms of talent. They are the most talented team. And again, it's the experience, all that type of stuff. But Trey, you played on a lot of teams. Where do you come down on the talent versus experience thing when it comes to the playoffs? Uh, I, I, I think. Especially when it, when it comes to basketball, I think the talent would definitely take over. You know, talent, especially when you have that seven game series. You know, if if you can continue to put up the points and can outscore your team and just whittle them down, I think that that works. But now, when it comes to like our game, where it's a one game play and that's it, I mean, I think the experience of it really helps. You know, when. You, when you look at the New England Patriots during those years, they always had, after they had started winning the Super Bowl, these guys kind of understood how the rhythm of the week would go leading up into it. And I think that really helped 
pay big dividends to them continually to stay on top. And I think that's one of the things that really helped um, our team is because we brought some guys that had rings and had won and yeah. had been on those teams that kind of help with mentoring the younger guys that haven't been in that situation before. And, then, and Doug even had those players speak to the team. So, yeah. 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 888-729-9494. Of course, we want to talk Eagles, bring it, but we are also talking some Sixers leading up to this game four, so feel free to drop that in as well. Let's head out to West Hampton and talk to Tim. Tim, you're on WIP. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, right. Tim? What's on your mind today, brother? Well, I'm with, with my son. He's learning how to drive, and we've been listening to the radio, and he was telling me that he thinks the Rams game was going to be the tougher game on the schedule, and I was like, no, I, I think it's going to be the Jacksonville game in London this year. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, it's a really interesting point, Tim, because we talked about that before. There's only one game on this schedule that you can look at and say, that's completely different from all the other games. The habit, the routine, everything that goes into it is is the total opposite. And Trey was just talking about during the break with us, like, we're going back and forth talking about the game. He's like, that's your body clocks at 930 in the morning, man. He's like, that's really tough. And the thing with the Jaguars, Tim, that I think makes it tougher is, the Jaguars do this every year. They yeah. know how to go to London and play a football game. Yeah, and that that's what I'm saying. I was telling him that Jaguars played there, what, like three years in a row? So they're on that clock. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Philadelphia's going to come off that, that week, spend about a day off, two days on, and then fly over there. So they're, they're going to be off their game. Jacksonville's going to be ready to go. They're not a bad team. Blake Forrest is, you know, he's all right. I mean, <laughs> but... But, and, their, and their defense is pretty good. No, no, Tim, Tim, really nasty. good call. Good luck to your son. I hope, uh, I hope he learns to drive and uh, and yeah. everything goes great. Uh, but I, I think he makes a really interesting point. And Trey, we again, we were talking about there during the break. You mm. you kept coming back to that. You yeah. kept saying like, man, that's early. Yeah. That's tough. Yes, I mean that means that you have to be at the stadium at what six thirty in the morning. <laughs> our time, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Our time. Their biological yeah. clock time, yeah. where they're at. Yeah, right. yeah, totally. Yeah, where they are. I mean, you know, when you're waking up in the hotel, you're you're setting your alarms at what five, the a.m. to get ready to get up to go play. I understand that they are five hours ahead, but but their body is. Yeah, you know, and I I'm I I, I I would just would like to see what the plan is going to be with getting these guys ready for that. You know, um, I, like I'm how thinking how far that, out are yeah, they going ahead to get on the clock to get used to that schedule, all that type of stuff. I'm thinking right after the Carolina game, you're flying out there. That's a really interesting. Yeah. I yeah. think they they probably should. Yeah. I would think you spend a week there, that time. You, especially because you have a bye week after you got time to come back and and get yourself together and all that. I'm Trey. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I I think the Jacksonville Jaguars actually have done that That's, the past I, few right. years. I feel yeah. like I've I heard remember that. hearing about that leading up to their London game last year. Yeah. That mm-hmm. They were going out Monday or Tuesday. I forget who they were playing, mm-hmm. but they didn't fly out until the normal Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of thing, yeah. just like a normal away game. You got to give yourself time. Jet lag can be a killer mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing, whether it's football or just getting back to work on a normal work day. Jet lag can change everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. agree. Well, especially football players are creatures of habit. There's so much yeah. stuff that goes into it. You do the same thing every single week. The practice schedule is the same. All that types of stuff is the same. Like you throw a wrench in it that big, and both in your body timing, in the travel, in the team you're playing, being ready for it, all that type of stuff. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Let's head out to Beth Levin, talk to my buddy Kenny. Kenny, what's up, man? What's happening, Jimmy? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. What's on your mind today? Oh, not much. What's up, Trey? What's up, Brandon? Not much, man. Good. 
I just I'm watching TNT and I just saw Joel Embiid eating what I think might have been a Cuban sandwich. Ooh, it's a good choice. I like that. I'm a big Cuban <laughs> sandwich fan myself. I, I am too. I actually make them myself. So if, if heartburn doesn't kill them, I think we're going to win today. Yeah, I'm with you. I, a good Cuban sandwich can really get you going. Some pickles on there, a little ham. Let's roll. Yeah, send some oh. of these over, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny, you can't say you make a great Cuban sandwich and not bring us Cuban sandwiches. Uh, you know what? I make a Cuban sandwich with a mojo sauce, Ooh. which is like a lime lime juice based. Oh, it's it's crazy. I'm big citrus guy. Now I really want yeah, this. Yeah, I'm in. I'm <laughs> in. We'll take four. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to make this happen, Kenny. Jimmy, maybe I'll bring one to the Phillies game. Bro. That would be awesome, man. That'd be <laughs> awesome. What do you think today? Are you feeling good about the game four? Oh, I think we're gonna murder him. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it, Kenny. Absolutely murder him. Just one more point on the Eagles and and. And uh, this, this is actually the first non-midday show I've called and I've made in like five years because wow. the main man Seltzer's host. Oh, you're too kind, Kenny. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no, I love you, brother. Um, so as far as the Eagles are concerned, I'm not really concerned with any of the games, and I'll tell you why. Mercury Morris and his crew with the 72 Dolphins, they're quaking in their boots Ooh. because oh, we are baby. undefeated this year. Undefeated. Oh, I love it, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'm with you. I look. I don't know if they'll go into V or not, but I, I they're going to be a really good football team yeah. this year. Hey, I, best it, head coach, best quarterback. Why not? Yes, best GM. All of it. Yeah, there you go. Best everything. Uh, yeah, Kenny, a pleasure, my friend. Always mine, guys. Thank you. Thanks, all man. Right. No, but you know what? I do think BLG. I think you hit on this before, and I think it's a really interesting dynamic to a team coming off a Super Bowl victory is that you have real important pieces on this team, including the freaking starting quarterback, who have that hunger, who don't truly feel like they weren't on the field to win a Super Bowl. They didn't play in the game even. Like, that has to to fuel you. That has to, like, the, the fire has to be there for those guys. Well, I mean, talking about hunger and these sandwiches. I know. I, like, all I'm thinking about right now is food. But, yeah, I think, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's not just Carson. You know, it's Jason Peters and Hicks and, and we'll see if Darren Sproles comes back or not. But if if him, him too, like all in Chris Marigos, like all those names that we we named last year of these guys who missed time, they're going to be hungry. And I I think something cool about that. I mean, obviously the the bad part is they got hurt, sucks. But the mm-hmm. cool thing about that is these are the leaders of the team yep. too. Yeah. And you're going to have those guys hungry. Those are the guys going to be delivering the message, like, yep. hey, we like. I know we won, like we, but like, hey, we want to win again and be on the field yep. this time. Yeah. And Doug Peterson keeps saying it, it's the new normal. Like yep. this is their this is their way of like convincing themselves, I think, to buy in. I agree with you. And Jeffrey Laurie coming out and saying he's obsessed with repeating. Like yeah. all the like yes. the, 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 the message it's there. It's right, right there. It's for right them. there. And mm-hmm. the messaging from the organization has been, hey, we're going for this. We're doing this. And look, you know, I mean, it's so funny, too, because, Trey, when you look at the way the conferences have shook out, like all the competitions in the NFC, the AFC, I mean, you got the Patriots dynasty falling apart. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. You got, you know, the, the Steelers. I mean, who knows? You got Jacksonville. Who knows? But then you got a lot of competition in the NFC. It's one of those things where it's tougher for the Eagles in the conference. But if they can get out of the conference, you feel very good about that. Definitely. I mean, because, I mean, you, you know that even though New England is always is falling apart, Bill Belichick is always going to be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to getting that team to the playoffs. Uh, you never know what you're going to get from Big Ben, you know, which Big Ben you're going to get. But I think that, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of competition over in our conference. I mean, right now, 
it, it, we, we are the new norm. We are the standard, and, and everybody's trying to stack up to beat us. Isn't it fun that we finally are the gold standard all these years later? <laughs> After that whole thing? He knew. Now! <laughs> he knew! He was just a future Jeff Lurie, not present Jeff Lurie at the time. All right, a uh, few more minutes on the Sixers here as this game's coming up here. Uh, BLG, like you said, I do think it was interesting in the sense that the Sixers did pull away in that fourth quarter and obviously ended up winning by 20, but it was a much tighter game before that. The Heat did do some things to slow down the Sixers' yeah. offense to kind of grit and grind them. And you know what? A little the bit. Heat, and the Heat are a dirty team. Like, let's be oh. real about this. They are a dirty team, so you don't know what can happen with that. Like, what is your fear? Like, what are you, what are you worried about seeing early in the game that might, other than injuries, let's say. I can know. say the B word on the radio, right? If I'm calling Dwayne Wade something. I, don't I think know. we get the point. All right, you yeah. can, I think, but it's also like, all right, you oh, know what? I, yeah, just say Dwayne Wade's a B. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's a B. I mean, you saw that <laughs> clip. There you go. <laughs> that is a bum. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's a, it's a little. It's uh, five letters, I think it is, but you know yeah. what I'm trying to say. So Dwayne Wade is a female dog. I look at that clip <laughs> all right. the other night How about where that? Yeah. he's just yanking Justin yeah, yeah, Anderson's arm. That's pathetic. Why does he need to do that? He's I Dwayne agree. Wade. That's like there's no room for that. And apparently because he like tried to trip him, I I watched that clip over and over. He did not. Try it was to trip ridiculous. Him. He just grabbed his Even arm. Even if he did, that's not a basketball thing. Like if you're gonna do something, maybe like kind of like shove him back a little totally. bit. Like it's it's not even. He literally just grabbed his arm. So the, the point move. The point yeah. of that. But it's not even just him. It's that whole team. That yep. whole team has been like that. And look, like it's the playoffs. I know they're trying to be physical, but that's not even within the, the structure of the game. Like that's a non-basketball. Like trying to like throw move. Joel Embiid's yeah. mask that's on like the a, ground and stepping yeah, up. That's all like a that street fight. Like it's just it's so like dumb. I would have definitely see, stepped on the mask. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know. see, you got fined though, right? You got like a fifteen thousand dollar fine I for mean, doing he's that. Making a million dollars, yeah, guaranteed. It's not, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I didn't have as big a problem with that either. But my thought was like. How stupid do you have to be to think that they only brought like two masks? Well, I think it should be, it's but like, at least you try it. Right. Yeah, it's right. If you ain't trying, that's fair. But like, I mean, come on. Like, you yeah. know, they have a, a freaking like, like a, as many masks as needed. There's no way that we are going to hear, oh, Joel Embiid can't go back into the yeah. end because they're out of masks. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It's and, not going to happen. And also, it was the stuff it was made out of was like, Developed by a scientist, they tested it like crazy. Uh, uh, my friend Jake Fisher writes for Sports Illustrated. He did a piece on this. It's virtually indestructible, the mask itself. I don't know about the, the goggle part. It's polycarbonate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like yeah. this is like mil- oh, practically military-grade stuff like that he's wearing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like it a combination be. between Darth Vader and Batman. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is cool. No, I, I'm with you. And I, look, I, I, just the concept that they were going to be able to, to step on the glasses and think that, oh. You had to try, though. Yeah, well, especially since it's right there on the ground. I love uh, Trey, <laughs> Trey, Trey's Justice Winslow standing over here. Yeah. No, no, I mean, you know, I just <laughs> I, 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 I played in the gray. The I, I played in the gray. You respect the game. I, yes. I Here's the thing. I like it, but like in that sense, I get that. But like that's the problem is that's all this Heat team has. Like yeah. they, they can't back yeah. it up. Like they're trying to be tough. And they're honestly just not as good. That's that's what it boils down to, and that's why in my mind the series is over. This team just isn't as good. That one game they won again. It was a really fluky game to me. The totally. Sixers, Sixers, I mean, were like four for their thirty credit, or whatever. Yeah, four they, for twenty-six from three or whatever it was. That was like their third worst or like one of their bottom three shooting performances of the year. It's just not going to happen. Yep. It's it, it took all that situation. It took the Heat players making shots they typically don't make. All game long, mm-hmm. that's not happening again. Maybe it happens one more time at most, but I don't even think so because JoJo is back and the Sixers are winning this series in five. 
It, it also yeah. took Dwayne Wade going back 10 years. Yeah, yeah well, that was the other yeah. thing. Bets. Yeah, that I, Dwayne Wade, you know, went in a time machine and went back. And you had a feeling there could be one game this series where Dwayne Wade took over. You didn't know if you win or lose it. You felt like he would show up for a game. It was nice to see him suck uh, in game three. So hopefully more of that. Trey, your thoughts? They're going to win. Yeah, how many games in the series? Uh, I think they finished it in five. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. They're winning today and they're closing it out in game, uh, game five. I totally yeah. agree. All right. Coming up next, we mentioned a lot. Uh, we are going to talk a little NFL draft coming up next week. And, of course, you can join us at Chickie and Pete's Thursday night for the draft starting at 7.30. BGN Radio will be live. And then on Saturday at Delaware Park with Ray and Glenn, Trey Thomas, John Barchard, the whole crew for the draft. So we are going to talk some NFL draft. What positions do the Eagles need to target? Who are some names floating around? All of that is coming up next. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go to 94WIP.com to check out the Sports Radio 94WIP Road Game Takeover with fans of Philly. Help us take over the stadium in another city. Again, Sports Radio 94WIP is teaming up with the fans of Philly for the road trips to three Philadelphia football games coming up this upcoming season. You can come along Philadelphia versus Tampa Bay Sunday, September 16th at 1 p.m. Trip includes Round trip flight nonstop from Philadelphia to Tampa, leaving on the 14th and arriving, uh, coming home on Monday, September 17th. Uh, three night, four star hotel accommodations, uh, fans of Philly gathering, a live podcast from none other than Bleeding Green Nation BGN Radio. Uh, round trip bus to the stadium, a, a tailgate party, all kinds of awesome stuff. You can get more details on this trip along with the trips to Tennessee and New Orleans at 94.com slash road trip so make sure to check that out and again if you want to come see us way sooner than that come out this thursday night chicky and pete's we will be there bgn radio broadcasting the first round of the draft 7 30 we will be there getting started could be a long night leading up to a potential trade back so that could be fun but either way definitely come out and hang out and uh again on saturday at delaware park glenn and ray bgn radio trey will be there we'll be going through the fourth and sixth rounds fourth through seventh rounds of the draft and all that good so speaking of the draft, gentlemen, Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gatton, James Seltzer. We are less than a week away. There's been so little buzz for it. I mean, we've talked a bunch about how it just doesn't even feel like the draft is coming, but we're close, guys. We are close. We're starting to hear names come about. BLG, you know, you, bleedinggreennation.com. Go to bleedinggreennation.com for anything and everything draft related. There is so much awesome draft content. Just because we haven't been as excited talking about the draft and all that doesn't mean that Brandon and his crew have not still been pumping out amazing content, so check it out. But BLG, in doing that, in, in being on top of all this content, all this draft stuff, what are some of the things that have kind of been most interesting to you over the last couple of weeks here, whether it's names of players, targets of positions? What's kind of the, the interesting information that, that has kind of stuck out to you? Well, we were talking about it on last week's show when John was here and, and Trey. We were talking about uh, you know some of the – we're kind of making our own picks uh, at 32, and the slot corner thing is still interesting to me because you you saw they brought in Jairi Alexander mm-hmm. since that we talked about that. Yep. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out for. We're seeing a lot of buzz about Georgia running back. Is it Sony or Sonny? I thought it was Sony. Sony. Michelle. It looks like Sony. It's spelled like Sony. PlayStation yeah, Sony. It's spelled. We're gonna like call that. him Sony. Let's call. That's it's a, way cooler if it's Sony, I'm, right? I'm, we're it's the, the, the it's definitive. Decided. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So. 
there's some interest in him. Well, not from the team so much as you're seeing Daniel Jeremiah, who yeah. has connections to both Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman, saying that in his latest mock draft. So that's a little interesting. You're seeing Ray Diddy, our very own Ray Diddy here, yeah. kind of making that his pick. And who apparently nailed the Barnett had pick Bar- last Barnett year. to the Eagles like, last year. So, nailed it. So kind of keep an eye. Now, here's the thing. I don't think the Eagles take that guy at 32, but I could easily see them trading back and then taking a guy like that because, look, I think maybe that's my takeaway here. As we're getting closer and closer to the draft, unless there's just like a, a, a really obvious pick at number 32, like, wow, we have to get that guy and get him. How did that guy fall to number 32? Right. And even okay. then you're kind of wondering, well, why did that guy fall to 32? Yeah, well, that's but, the Reuben Foster thing. Yeah, which, exactly. You know, if we had taken him at 32 last year, we'd been psyched and now be like, oh, crap. So you have to be careful. That was a big mistake. Be careful with that. But I, I think that uh, we are likely going to see a trade out, which will make the draft uh, event at Chicken Pete's very funny. It's like, come hang out with us. And then, hey, the Eagles don't even make a pick. We'll but still, still really, there. please do we'll come. We'll still be there. Yeah. So come hang out. We'll have fun regardless. But uh, Trey, what what is your take, uh, Ben? I know you've been doing your, your O-line analysis. I think O-line, one of those positions, and I'm with you, BLG, I think running back and slot corner seem to be in the positions that have been most present in the pre-job visits. And, you know, Darius Geis in town, Jerry Alexander, you know, we're hearing the Sonny Michelle stuff, all that. But, I think offensive linemen, another position that whether they stay or trade back is still in play there. And we'll get into the trade back scenario in a sec because I agree with you, BLG. But Trey, from your perspective, kind of doing your research, looking at some of these guys, any names that stand out as potential targets at 32? I've always been. I've been on the same kid from uh, from Jump. Um, Mike McGlinchey, is it? No, no Rankin. Rankin. Oh, yeah, uh, Rankin. Yeah, yep. yeah. from, uh, from uh, 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 oh, man, what is he? He's from <sighs> Texas a uh, uh, who is he with? Mississippi State. Mississippi knew, State. Yeah, yes, was, it was right in the tip of your tongue. Yeah, Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mississippi State. Um, left tackle there. SEC, ranking. Yeah. Um, I like him as a player just from what I watched on film. Um, he seems like a guy that has solid technique. Someone that's going to come in ready to play. Um, uh, especially right now. Um, I think that with the way the rules are, uh, you're not the coaches don't have enough time don't have a lot of time to really bring these players up to speed. So you're going to need someone that's going to come in that's already pretty solid. And I think with his size, he's one of those hybrids that can play tackle and also bump down the guard if need be. Which, yeah, we've talked about how yeah. important that is. And yeah. you've talked a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, really quickly, I know Orlando Brown's another name that's been mentioned over there. And we've uh, talked about the, the you know, the – potentially some of the worst measurables we've ever seen, yeah. but, but got brought up on the midday show this week. And John Ritchie said, I don't care. Look at his game tape. That dude's a player where you come down on the kind of the, the difference between the numbers and the game tape. Well, you know what? I, I, and I'm going to look at just, I, I think they both play a little something into it. If you're running a five, eight when it comes to whatever side that you're going to be playing at on, on the offensive tackle side, it's going to be a time where you're going to have to get into a bail and run mode where you're going to have to try to run that defensive end by the quarterback. And with a 5-8-40, man, that's not going to get it. Mm-hmm. That's not going to get it. When you're doing 14 reps as a bench press, even though I only did 19 because I had long arms, I think when you look at that as offensive tackles, it's kind of it, – what is it matter? Because you have such long – we have long arms. So, I mean, you know, to do 225, 40, 50 times is not just going to happen for right. offensive sure. tackles. But I just look at the way, you know, he, he was – it seems like he's a little lethargic a little bit 
you know, to me. And you need somebody that, that has a little quick feet that can um, get out there and try to – if you because you're going to get edged and you have to be able to turn and run and be able to come out of your set and be able to run that guy by, and I don't know if he can do it. And especially, here's my question for you, Trey, like having that guy with a quarterback like Carson Wentz yeah. who's going to be scrambling and extending plays – and might kind of need that guy to move around. Is, yeah. is that something, too, that factors into that? Yeah, well, you know what? Now, the thing that helps him, it, now if, if we were to pick him, what would help him is that when Carson does take a drop back, he's kind of like how Brady does, you know, where it's not his seven-step drops is only maybe five yards back. He's not yeah. taking those deep, like how McNabb would take those deep 10-yard drops. Everything is still right there in the pocket. He stays right there pretty good. And if he gets upfield, he's cutting upfield and he's making something happen. That would help. But, you know, if you're slow out of your stance, yeah. if something happens, I mean, that could be problem. And one of the things, when I look at offensive tackles, I always watch, are they the first to move? And if you're not the first to move on that offensive line, then that's a problem. Every tackle, because this one guy got on me, oh, you had a lot of false starts during the game. Well, yeah. <laughs> I better be the first one off that ball. Besides the center snapping the ball, I have to be the first one. When you look at Jason Peters, he's yeah, always the first one. Lance yeah. Johnson, always. we're always the first ones to move. sometimes. Yeah. Yes. With it. We <laughs> have to go. Because, I mean, yeah. you have the, the fastest guys out there yeah. rushing against you. Yeah. You better not be slow. Yeah. And that's the first thing I look at. Okay, is he the first one off the ball? And then after that, I start working it from there. All right, what kind of technique is he? Is he going to be a guy with his footwork? Is he, you know, does he set too flat? You know, does he punch? Because he's going to be a grabber. Because if you're a grabber, then now you're going to get bull rushed. They're going to hit you with all the different games. And that could be a problem. Yeah. No, we we saw that uh, (laughs) when a bull rush can work pretty well, uh, you do it over and over and over again. Then you throw a little swim move and then you get it. Then you cause a force uh, fumble in the Super Bowl and and you win win the the Super Super Bowl. Bowl, Exactly. Uh, All right. VLG, to your point you mentioned before, if you had to bet, would you bet on a trade back? Is that is that if you have to guess right now, what what do the Eagles do in the first round? Is, is trade back your guess? I think so, just because you don't have those day two picks. And when you think about it this way, if I ask both of you guys, are the Eagles going to really go? Is Howie Rosen really going to go without picking on day two? I think both of you are going to tell me no. 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 Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. So I think, and what's the easiest way to get one is you trade back. And yeah. I think at that point. Um, you, you move back, so you have that second-round pick. You probably pick up a fourth or something around there with moving back. At that, that point, you have three-fourths. You can package some of those to move up, up into third, the third. Sure. Boom, there you go. You have your second-round pick, your third-round pick, your fourth-round pick, and then it goes from there. You're all set at that yeah. point. I agree. I think it makes so much sense. And, again, look, it's all dependent upon, obviously, who's on the board. Like you said before, if if there's a guy where you're like, wow, I can't believe he's on the board at 32, you just take him and, yes. and, you, and you, you go home and you'd be happy about it. But... <laughs> I agree with you. I think when you, you know, and, and again, depending upon the offers you're getting for that pick as well and how many guys are still on the board you like, how far you're going back, there's so many variables to it. But I agree. I think best case scenario in Howie Roseman mind is there's going to be a player who other teams really want there at 32, and we're going to be able to flip this for more mm-hmm. than we expect. And I think that is ultimately what would be his goal. All right. Uh, in terms of need, you mentioned it before. Would you say slot corner? Is that your number one need going in? And and what other positions would you consider right there with it? I would say slots number one in 2018. For immediate help. Yeah, for immediate in terms of it. But that's not the only thing the draft is about. So in terms of when you're accounting for long term, too, I would still say it's offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. You got to get someone in here, ideally, who can be a viable replacement plan for Jason Peters. And maybe Big V 
can turn out to be that guy. Who knows? But I'm saying you need another guy in there because it's something we say over and over. I mean, JP could be done after this year. Lane Johnson, one game away or one suspension away. I mean, JP still, I mean, we all assume he's JP. He'll be back. He's fine. We don't know that he's even back yet. Exactly. So you you want to have that insurance. Look. The Eagles, why did the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Because they were so good in the trenches on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Yeah. So, like, how mad could you really be if they spent another pick well, in offensive lineman? And because they had the depth to bring in a guy like Big V to bring yeah. in guys at other spots. I mean, yeah. that, that's monster. I, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And, and especially when you look back at, like, the last time they took an offensive lineman in the first round was Lane Johnson. Yeah, It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. And not yeah. just that, like, other than, than Samalo and, and Big V, they have not invested picks in offensive linemen. Yep. Since that draft with Lane Johnson, so it has been a long time since they've rebuilt that with youth. And I know we, you know, like you said, BLG, I think the trenches you could point to as the that that and and having two quarterbacks who played great for you at, when needed. I think the biggest reasons they won the Super Bowl. But I, I'm with you. I, I really could see them just <laughs> rebuilding that line for the future. Trey, what do you think outside of offensive line? Because we've kind of touched on that with you. What what's the other position or positions that you look at and say, oh, they're going to take one of those guys at some point? Uh. You know, man, the secondary is already stacked. A, a linebacker, I yeah. would say, someone that uh, you know, uh, to, to kind of create some depth in that linebacker unit. Um, maybe a middle outside linebacker, someone that could kind of come in, um, a, a smart guy, um, someone that can make plays, but also can handle the quarterbacking of the defense. You know, um, because when one of those, if one of those guys go down, if you have a Jordan Hicks a or great even a point, yeah, Jay. or a Bradham that goes down, you know, you have to quarterback that defense, and you know, and you're the one that gets all the calls in your helmet, and you're the one that's making sure all your uh, everybody's slanting the right way, communicating, and then also now you have to get in your mindset, I have to go make a play. So you know, that's a very important position that I think that you would need to create some depth in as well. Especially when we don't know what Jordan Hicks' future is here. We still need to see him come back. And Achilles' injury is tough, especially for a guy at that position. So I think that is a a great point, a crucial position. Mm -hmm. I'll go with running back just because I I think all this smoke with Geis, with Michelle, all this stuff, they're going to take a running back. And you want one. And and I want one. I want (laughs) one forever. Just get a guy who's going to be the future after Jay Ajayi. And and I I know that I I love Corey Clement. I personally don't think he is an every down, you know, bell cow type running back. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think you're going to see. I think all this smoke, I think there's a little fire there. I think you'll see him go after a running back potentially early on mm-hmm. in the draft. All right, one more segment to go. The schedule's on the table. The draft is on the table. Nick Foles, Carson Wentz. We're taking it all, 888-729-9494. It's Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gowton, James Seltzer, BGN Radio. Be right back. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Final segment to go leading you up to leading off with me, James Seltzer. I'll be coming your way after this little leading off. Get BLG and Trey. I'm going to kick him out of here. Get BLG and Trey out, yeah. out of the room. Talk some Phillies. Yeah. One more segment to go. We'll talk some Eagles. Brantley Gowden, Trey Thomas, BGN Radio. Let's uh, talk a little schedule, a little draft. And someone wants to talk draft. Let's head out to Concha Hawken and talk to George. George, you're on WIP. Hey, can you guys can you hear me? Yes. Per- perfectly. Okay. What's on your mind today? So I just want to I just talk about Leighton Van Der Esch for a sec. I mean, I think he's number one on, the, on my list. The Eagles should not draft Ooh. just because he sounds like every bad Flyers goalie ever, and we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> so just the name alone out. Yeah, 
Zero, zero name tool right there. Yeah, that's a, it's a pretty uh, 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 scientific draft formula that you have for making your rankings. Is I this mean, is this Jack not, Fritz? It can't be any worse than what the scouts do now. So <laughs> it does. It's not. I don't yeah. think it is. But it does. It's got a. It is a Jack Fritz. Jack point has here. brought that up on yeah. Counterpoint. Yes. So, so the other thing is that. Uh, so uh, I live in Dallas right now. So are you just, going to the draft, George? Uh, yeah, if I could, if I could make my way down there, but like, from what I can tell, like the draft right now is just the Dallas Cowboys parking lot, but it's, it's not like taking, <laughs> over, it's not taking over the parkway. It's not the art museum. I was at the draft last year and that was, that was amazing. It was so. amazing last year, George. Yeah. And my, my favorite memory was I was riding the 40. I just face, face planted about halfway through. So. <laughs> George, great call, man. Represent down there in Dallas. How about that? Yeah. Dallas. Yes. Not coming through for the draft. What do you guys think about the fact that it is in Dallas this year? I know at first we were like, you know, a little huff and puff and like, oh, we did it so good. How could they not give it back to us? But now, I don't know, personally, I'm kind of excited for it to be in Dallas because it's like, we're the champs. Well, I want it to be in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. for that exact reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm a little uh, miffed at the selection for the potential announcing this second yeah, round let's pick. Yeah, about this, because your former a, teammate. A teammate okay, so, and, and just to get through, just to get to this, and again, yeah. you know, we might not have a second round pick, who knows all that stuff, but it, we assume how he might trade for one, but last year, Drew freaking Pearson comes in here and, and spouts off. He did a great job. City, and he did, I mean, obviously, having fun with it. He did awesome. That's what you should do. Yeah. So you're like, all right, let's go. All right, you know, yeah. who are we going to get? Brian Dawkins. Eric Allen was tweeting at yeah. Drew Pearson, being like, I didn't forget, Drew. I didn't forget. Like, like, it's David Akers. That, I, that's what we got? I, I was available. Trey, <laughs> Trey was available. Was available. Trey, you know, Trey, Trey. I don't know. Trey. I know. What? I, a kicker? Can David Akers get, like, fired up from what you've seen and, like, deliver? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like he's had kick. some pretty great, intense tackles he with his karate, karate kick skills. People. Yeah, yeah but. you know, I don't know. Man, you remember? One, I remember one time, man. Me and Acres was messing around in the locker room, just wrestling around a little bit because you know he's an MMA guy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, man, this little dude, like, where is he? You know, he was just all around, just wrestling. Like a spider monkey. Yeah. Or something. Like, dude, you get off of me. <laughs> 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 you know. But yeah, man, uh, that's interesting. But uh, I, I think that you know, I'm hoping that Acres will you know channel some of that you know energy and, kind, yeah. and deliver it. It kind of makes me not want to have a second round pick. It's not even. It's like, an, I don't even want to yeah. do this. This is no fun. And I think the, Akers gonna be all right. And the, well, to be clear, you know, this is, I'm not trying to disrespect David Akers. No, like, I, I love David Akers. It's nothing to do with him. It's about the selection of him. Like why? Like you can. I'm I'm sorry, but you can't tell me. Like if we did a poll of something of who would you want for the Eagles to yeah. announce that pick, he wouldn't even be on like what the top like twenty no. options. No one would yeah. go no. for him. No, like no way. You're so all these people like defending him now, are like for kind of criticize. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's a legend. You shouldn't be disrespecting him. I'm not trying to disrespect him, but you're lying to me if you're telling me this is the best choice, and you're lying to me if you're saying we shouldn't be petty about this. Are you kidding me? We're People the- have been petty about the Eagles not having a Super Bowl for years, and they finally do it. And yeah. the draft is in doubt. In it's Dallas. such a unique opportunity, and you're not going to take advantage and of it. Especially it after their- last year. Me? After yeah. last year, too. After the Drew yeah, Pearson thing. Yeah, and the Drew like, Pearson thing. It, like, it, yeah. it, it is the I don't want to hear, like, oh, we can do it in our future. No. Uh, now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And, and now, and you send someone with fire, with yeah. passion. Someone who's going to, like, the fact, I want it. Like, Eric Allen tweeted Drew Pearson. I was like, send him. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. He cares. He, he, exactly. You know, like, I, I, I'm with you. I was I was highly disappointed with it. No offense to Akers. Great, great guy. Yeah. Great kicker. 
Great guy. Kicker. Yeah. Uh, you can't send a kicker. I'm sorry. You just can't do that. That's what I mean. Football. Cowboys fans are going to be like, oh, it's a kicker. I don't it's care. Like, yeah, he could say anything. He could give the best tweets all the time, but uh, whatever. I totally agree with you. Do you guys think this is partially because they just retired his number this past season? And they were um, like, all right, let's do this for the guy that we just inducted into our Hall of Fame. Eh, maybe. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Who knows? He got I, before I, Seth Joyner. I don't know. Yeah, which is an outrage. But. Um, I, look, I before, me before too? Trey yeah. Thomas, I was yeah. to yeah. Trey. outraged too. Yeah. You need to push. You go on strike for Trey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're John Runyon. I mean, the, you're the two of you. Put you two in before Dave. I love David Akers. Why don't they just send like Trey every former Eagle, not just Akers, like yeah. Trey, yeah. Trey, everyone, all of you guys, just go down there and just just. Yeah. Let the them entire have it. Love yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. it'd been awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, not again. This doesn't matter. I mean, this is not a huge deal. It matters a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> you could have That's like you know, you could have John Dornbos. You can like appear yeah. in smoke to. It was so easy. That's here. what I mean. It was like you could easily do better. Run. Like there was a there was there was you. Had, the, the point is, there's so many names you could have said that people would have been happy with, and you yeah. actually found one of the few. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm confused. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. But I'm looking forward to watching my man do it. You yeah. know, that's what I'm talking I'm, I'm about. I'm looking forward to and it. I support him. Well, maybe he'll surprise maybe, us. And maybe he won't. And maybe he won't do it because he might have a second round pick, and that's when they do that. So. Who knows? We'll see how. Or it maybe there's something else planned. Maybe True. it's like a little diversion. Like they, yeah. the Cowboys think they're getting off easy right now. It's like, oh, David Aker's coming down, yeah. and yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, Brian Dawkins Brian Duck- comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Come out yeah, there with exactly. his sleeves, cut off his jacket. Uh, you he's know? doing the, the Wolverine yeah, walk, yeah. Yeah. crawl out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you could okay. all see Aker's doing like a you know a, a decent monologue, very in very in depth, and then of, and then of he busts out. Happening, you know, just <laughs> almost poetically. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then uh, Doc comes out. I'm good with that. It should yeah. be something like that. All right, yeah. again, Thursday night of the draft, Chicky and Pete's BGN Radio, we're going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, whether the Eagles pick or not, we're going to have a blast. We'll drink some beers. We'll have a great time. Get some crab fries. You can't beat that. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. Saturday, Delaware Park, uh, Racetrack Casino will be in the, the Garden Grove tent there, the white tent. It's a, a blast down there as well. Glenn Mack now, the legend Hall of Famer, Ray Dinger. Uh, Trey Thomas, all of us, future Eagles Hall of Famer, Trey Thomas, and uh, yes. and and a whole lot more. So please, please come join us. Trey, final thoughts. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, just looking at this season. I just called him 14-2. Ooh, I like 14-2. it, BLG. Final thought. I'm staying like 12-4. and four. Yeah, I'm going with 16 and I don't know what's wrong with you guys. This is a... Uh, <laughs> It's April. You may as well go for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for listening to BGN Radio. Again, don't forget Thursday night, Chicken and Pete's coming out with us for the draft Saturday at Delaware Park. And, and don't forget to go to 94WIP.com slash road trip and check out all these awesome trips that we'll be doing this season with fans of Philly and WIP. So again, for Trey Thomas, for Brandon Lee Gowden, I'm James Seltzer. This has been BGN Radio. Coming up next, more of me for leading off as we'll get you set up for Philly's Pirates coming up four o'clock today. So again, for Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gatton, I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio.